0: Welcome to Timelapse, brought to you by Ars Paradoxica. I'm Dan Manning. And I'm Misha Stanton. We make Ars Paradoxica the best found footage cold wartime travel tragedy audio drama on the entire internet. You can check us. And we're trying to raise funds for Ars to make the show even better. We're in the first week of our Money is Time campaign, where... It's a clever gag, okay? The point is we're trying to spread the word about ours. And we'd like to think we're experts in time travel media. I know
1: I am. We'd have never made ours without them, so as a gift to you, the audience, we're highlighting a few of our favorite time travel movies and dissecting them like cinematic frogs. First up, we've got Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Starring Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves, B&T is about two young chosen ones who learn from ancient masters so that they might spawn a future space religion. Isn't it about two slackers who use time travel to pass history class? The movie's so much less interesting. I like the one where George Carlin is a time lord, and their wacky hijinks are really set dressing to fulfill a messianic paradox. Why did we
0: choose Bill and Ted for this first episode of Timelapse, Misha? I mean, it wasn't because the history was great. No, because the history is really bad. Guys, if you haven't seen Bill and Ted, it's about two slackers who, in order to like, pass their history report, have to take a bunch of historical characters into the present, and they give only the broadest sketches of who these characters are.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, they also get the broadest sketches of history. Like, they get, like, Genghis Khan, Napoleon, Billy the Kid, Socrates, Sigmund Freud. That's like, all right, history in a nutshell,
0: go. Eurocentric late Cold War like, American high school history figures in a nutshell. With
1: the dazzling veneer of the 1980s.
0: This movie could not be made in any other time other than 1988, because even in 1988, the stereotype of Bill and Ted was itself a joke. So they get the broadest sketches
1: of Eurocentric human history, but, like, Napoleon is a short, irate man. He's not that short. He was not that short. He was, he was tall for the time. And there was some British propaganda. It's fine. It's fine. It's okay. But they also get like... Socrates, who's just kind of a guy who can't speak English in a toga. Joan of Arc is like, they really play up the teen girl. They don't ever do anything about her, you know, doing
0: important historical things. They're just like, oh, she was a teenage girl, let's teenage girl her. Genghis Khan is very rageful, which I guess is accurate for Genghis Khan. He tries to kill a mannequin with some sports equipment. Also, is arrested by the police and just goes with them? Yeah, that would never have happened. Yeah, right? Actually, though, my favorite historical portrayal in this movie is Abraham Lincoln, because he is a smug son of a cop this whole time oh my god he knows what's up yeah well because he sees himself on money they take him to a mall the moment they get to 1988 he is on two very common denominations of money and is also in a country where he is president and they speak the language fun fact if you look on bill and ted the more likely they speak contemporary english the more intelligent the character is 100 of the time that's bad writing but letting it go letting it go that's it's not cool. the point But he sees himself on money And the whole time Just kind of sitting there like I'm the president of the United States He literally makes a four score and seven years ago joke He must know that he's become the guy The scene where Abraham Lincoln comes up and addresses the crowd and the crowd freaks out because it's it's abraham lincoln there they freak out it's kind of like the scene where they go to the future so we didn't pick bill and ted for its historical accuracy we certainly didn't pick it for its politics because women in this movie are just terrible just nothing but objects they fall in love with these princesses and do you know what their names are they're just the princesses. Yeah, they're just a couple princesses. Literally, and like, they, they only ever refer to them as the princesses. The,
1: in, in tandem, never as separate people.
0: Yeah, they're just the princesses. And really, they only bring them along because Ted sees them from a window and is like, oh, they're hot. No, it's also because his future
1: self says it to him at the beginning of the
0: adventure. Okay, I can buy that. That's kind of an 11 minutes ago we twist that you find out you're going to be in love with someone so you fall in love with them. Yeah, uh, so it definitely wasn't for the politics.
1: So- Why did we choose this movie first? Well,
0: it's fun. Like, it's really fun. They don't ever get bogged down in any of the details. Yeah, but we love to get bogged down in the details. Like, have you heard our show? But they have specific details. Near the middle to the end of the film, they really figure out how to use their time travel superpower well. They start saying, okay, we need to fix this thing. What about at the end of this movie, after we're done this, we take our time machine and set it up so that when we need to go through this impassable expanse, we can have it figured out. We can do this impossible thing If we just do all the planning now When we need it And then remember to go back in the past And fix it yes. I, th- I think that's really clever Solid concept It's great It has
1: specifics To how its time travel works It just doesn't let it get them down
0: Yeah, it's pretty much self-consistent I mean, Cracked went into The obligatory Oh, if these historical characters Talked about their past With each other at all That would probably Drastically change Their course in life Because I feel like Most of those people Died violently well, Abraham Lincoln Did Genghis Khan die violently?
1: Well, Well, here's the thing about that, Daniel. In human history, the vast majority of humans have died violently. Fair enough. Point Misha. Another thing I really like about this movie is it has, at the same time, a respect for a congruent and coherent timeline that fits together really well,
0: And at the same time, a sheer reverence for history. Because Bill and Ted are the ideal characters to experience this because they are truly blank slates. So dumb. They're just exceptionally dumb. They're just beautifully, gloriously (laughs) dumb. And I think this movie wouldn't be as good if they weren't as dumb as they were. It's true. We'll come back to that later.
1: The last thing is that it just, it really has fun. Like it takes time travel and just says we're
0: just gonna have fun bill and ted would never come down with butterfly syndrome because they don't think about this at all it just washes over them they have a genius idea to go back and steal ted's dad's keys because they're like oh that makes sense uh like just some light bulb somewhere some neuron fired in their brains they just kind of zen out and let the time space continuum wash over them yeah and they just kind of let it work. It's great. Yeah, it's, it's really r- fun. It's, it's fun. It's a fun movie. It's, it might be the most fun you can have
1: with a time travel movie. Second most fun you can have with the time frame. Thank you. We're going to get to Back to the Future later, guys, we promise. Much later. So let's pick this movie apart just a little bit further.
0: Let's unpack. Here's the thing. Ostensibly, the movie is about these two slackers who have to pass their history report in a silly, fantastical way. Also, the context for the movie is a totally separate narrative that is itself far more interesting than the original film. So on the surface... This is a movie about
1: two radical dudes who are in some way connected to a messianic future space religion such that it becomes important that they pass their history exam and the future decides it's important enough to give them a time machine to actually do it. And it's just like a fun adventure where
0: some dumb kids maybe learn a little bit about history. But if you take a second and think about it, this movie is crazy town banana pants.
1: Because the reason they need to pass their history class is is because in the future, the band that these two kids create, WILD STALLIONS! Stallions! becomes the basis for all future society. Their central tenant, be excellent to each other, is how society functions 700 years in the future. So it becomes incredibly important to the safety of future society that these two idiots pass their history class, such that they decide it's necessary to bend the laws of physics to their whim to help these guys.
0: I don't know if you've ever listened to ours Paradoxical before, and I hope you do because it is a lovely show, but if you've listened to that show at all, I think you may have realized that time travel should be used at best very sparingly. Very sparingly. Anyway, they send George Carlin back in time so they can help out these kids. So as far as they actually go back and interact with past historical
1: figures, they don't really change a ton. It doesn't really seem to affect, again, they're their caricatures of actual historical figures, so their interactions with the future and all these other historical figures from the future doesn't really seem to affect them.
0: Actually, you could make the point that in the end, where all of these historical figures either talk about or demonstrate their skills, like Beethoven plays piano and Joan of Arc teaches Bill sword fighting, that they could have imparted their wisdom and the skill of these people, All this ancient knowledge Which might have become The impetus for Their future space cult Because certainly The enthusiasm of the crowd This could be The start of something big
1: That's not the point I was making
0: Okay, what is the point You were making?
1: (laughs) The point I was making Is that as far as Their interaction with the past Doesn't really like Change the timeline Have a ton of interaction With history But the part where It really gets interesting Is where Bill and Ted Accidentally overshoot And go to the future And find out about their own place in history, that they are historical figures. They're
0: historical figures to someone else? Yeah. I really like that. I definitely think that that's the best part of that movie, because it's out of place in a bad movie. A bunch of people have a religious experience. It is as if you knew that, because in the year 21, Jesus got stuck in a time travel paradox, he's gonna show up on July 29th, 2032. People will be lining up around the world for that, and... If you were a cool future space utopia, you would have all decided, guys, we we can't, we can't say anything, we can't do anything, we just have to show up and watch. And they don't. The only words anybody from the future
1: that isn't George Carlin says to Bill and Ted when they show up in the future is, it's
0: you, and then everyone filters into this room and just kind of
1: watches them.
0: It's a really just beautiful scene doing the guitar windmill. Because, I don't know, they're metalheads and that's what they do. That's their symbol. Bill and Ted are, they realize they have to say something. I'm not sure they actually realize the gravitas of that event. They may realize it by the end of that film, but certainly at this point, they don't understand what's happening. No. But it's clear they can figure out through context clues that they're looking for them. And so, I don't know, they give the best piece of advice they have, which is be excellent to each other. Which is actually the tenant of the religion, so everyone around them already knows that. Yeah, but it's- it was clearly prophecy. Because of the way the time travel in this movie works, everything that happens, happens. So I'm sure at some point in the future, Bill and Ted, having started their super space religion, say, Hey, we're going to show up at this place at this time. By the way, you guys are going to invent time Time travel A Spoiler alert Just so you know We'll be here In fact I am gonna go back And say that their experience Definitely kicked them off On starting a space religion They wouldn't have done that Unless they had an experience To prove that magic was real Remember In the sequel They cheat death And hang out with God And meet aliens I know
1: I'm disregarding the sequel I like to think That they were already on track To be the space religion The few times That the future people Talk about their future Space religion They don't mention That like They were inspired By a visit to the future To see the space religion That is currently talking about this, What they say is, these dudes were a band, and they said, be excellent to each other, and that's what we do. So I really like to think, coming back to what we were saying before, they were just kind of too dumb to understand what they were looking at.
0: To be fair, at the end of the film, George Carlin does give them new guitars. They mentioned that they needed better instruments. He's really good at music so he can teach them how to play something they also don't know how to do. And he also bequeaths them the sex object princesses who are also in the band, despite not having a place in the future space religion.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just think if the protagonists were any smarter, were just the intelligence of, eh, I would I would hope, most people. <laughs> These guys are dumb. Like, it's very clear that they're dumb. The whole point is they're failing a history class that
0: literally requires them to
1: know who Socrates and Napoleon were.
0: Caesar was a salad dressing dude is a quote, is a real, that's a thing that one of them said. Right.
1: But if they were protagonists with any more intelligence, I would think that at some point these people would question why is this man from the future showing up to help us? People fail history classes all the time. Why is it so important that we pass that someone gave us a time machine? And they would start to infer things and then they would see the future, the space religion, and they'd go, oh, that's probably something to do with me. I'm probably important in the future. And it it might change the course of that person's life from the way they otherwise would have lived it. But I like to think that Bill and Ted don't experience that. They just are confused by the future space religion and aren't equipped to comprehend what that means for them
0: So they have no choice but to carry on as they always do. I mean, think of the messianic narrative of that. Think about what it must be. Dogma goes into this a bit with Chris Rock as Jesus' brother, where he talks about like, what if when you're a kid, you're growing up and then an angel comes to you and says, hey, you're going to grow up. You're going to make a following. Everyone's going to love you. You're the son of God. You're totally magic. And you're going to get murdered. By the state, and it's going to be the best thing, because it's going to do all these wonderful things, but you have to die. I mean, it's it's heavy. It's definitely
1: heavy. And I think it's great that these two guys can shoulder... Again, this movie is so great, because they take something as weighty as time travel, as changing the past, as affecting timelines. Which, but listeners of our show will know is a heavy topic and they take it and they're just not equipped to to understand how heavy it is so it's just not to them yeah and they just they're able to just
0: have fun yeah that's they are gleeful in what they do when they start getting really good at time travel they go back in time and start coordinating things for themselves they say like oh how are we going to get into this police station what if i go back and steal my dad's keys and oh i need to distract my father how am i going to do that let's set up a tape recorder with our voices let's do this and that and then as they're going through they get to the desk that they're going to, and then they see a printout saying, hey, good luck Bill and Ted, how you doing? It's perfectly exemplified. Right before the future versions of Bill
1: and Ted have a conversation with their past selves right before the adventure, they say to themselves, oh, we're about to have this conversation. What did we say? And Bill just looks at Ted and goes, I guess we're about to find out. And they do it and it's the same conversation. They get it exactly right because of course they get exactly right.
0: Yeah, of course they're thinking the number is 69 dudes because that's how Bill and Ted react. They are always themselves. They're always
1: themselves and they never take anything too seriously, including the fate of a future space religion founded upon their tenets.
0: They just don't have the comprehension to understand that. Like, they are unburdened by the fears and anxieties that might hurt some normal person. Their only fear is, I might be separated from my closest friend. Must be nice. It must be nice to be not constantly afraid that the world is going to come to an end, and that even if it doesn't, you too will die, and soon no one will remember you. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Ours Paradoxica time-lapse. We'd love for you to donate to our Patreon campaign. That is at patreon.com slash Ours Paradoxica. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook. Are we on LinkedIn? We're not on LinkedIn. We're not on LinkedIn. Point is, if it's Ours Paradoxica, it's probably us. The next episode of Time-lapse should be coming next week, and there's it will be a surprise thing. Well, we're, we're going to talk about primary. Oh, yeah. Don't tell them. Don't tell the okay. listeners. The point is, donate to our Patreon campaign. We really hope you like AP Timelapse. If you haven't listened to Ars Paradoxica, please check it out. We make shows that we would listen to, and we think that this show is a really cool show.
1: We'll catch you next time on Timelapse.